Rossi Posse Packer Nation. Welcome to another episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. I'm a little nervous for Monday, I'm not going to lie, and I'll feel better if we're up by 20 in the first quarter, or sorry, fourth quarter. Grassi, I'm sorry, I had to. I had, it was calling me, and I was like, okay, I ha- am I going to do this right off the bat before we even converse? And yes, the answer was yes. So I'm going to skip all of the pleasantries because I am so excited to talk to the man that we have brought in today as a guest. He is the host and creator of the incredibly successful YouTube channel. We got Lieutenant Dan. How's it going, Dan? guys? Thanks. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for oh. being here. And thanks for being you. Oh, well, thank you. I, uh, I, I was going, I, I've been perusing your videos for quite some time. Mm. I have seen so much of you through your growth and maturity going from, you know, se- several, maturity. several years of work. Yes. yes. <laughs> it was a portfolio. Uh, quite, quite a colorful por- portfolio. Yeah. But that being said, um, I just want to give a quick shout out to the Packers fans, the Packer Nation, you guys supporting uh, Tom here and and making him into the guy that he is today and the humbleness that comes out of him and the flamboyantness um, and <laughs> and all the things that uh, he encompasses. That is what great YouTube quality content is all about. And so uh, hats off to you guys, Packer Nation, for supporting him. And to all the people that are not part of Packers Nation that are supporting him, th- thank you guys for doing what you do with Tom. Um, and to all the grounders who are out there that uh, follow me, Unintentional Grounding, uh, Lieutenant Dan, thank you guys for doing everything that you guys do. So with that being said, Tom, I think you have some questions. <laughs> um, so do you want me to like Venmo or PayPal you for that for that like intro? Because like usually <laughs> I'm the one who's just like, build them up with that one. I mean, I'm I'm good. Like we can cut it right there. Like we're, we're we're good. Like that was that was a great episode. There's no ending now. There's there was only a beginning. <laughs> that that's it. Uh, that that's that's all we need. That's that that is all we need. Yeah. Okay. Great. You're my favorite guest already because you said really nice things about me. Okay. Usually it doesn't go that way, but uh, Dan, Dan, I got I have so many questions for you. Like I I truly don't even know where to start. But I guess we'll we'll start with this. This season for the Atlanta Falcons, you know the Friends theme song where uh, yes. no one tells me that life was going to go this way? I feel like, you know, even if you were like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe the Falcons will struggle out of the gate there. They're playing some good teams, what have you. It's not the fact that it's 0-3. It's the way that we've gotten there. So like, I feel like I just want to explore your headspace right now. And I mean that in the most sensual way possible. How are you feeling as an Atlanta Falcons fan right now? Um, well, thank you for starting this out gently because yes. honestly, we could have, there could have been a road that we could have gone down and be like, oh, don't worry. So it's why, right around the bend. So why is your team it's right around the bend. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did we get to, to this point? Um, to tell you the time without telling you how the exact clock it works, we can kind of go back to uh, particular moments before this all happened. So mm-hmm. let's let's actually go back to the hurt and the pain. Let's go back to 2016. Let's go back to 28 and th- 28 to three. Um. I didn't bring it up. I just want to make it very clear. I, I did not bring it up first. You, I'm you did so not bring glad it up. You did because I was going to, but now I don't have to feel I, bad about myself. I will. I will bring it up for you because it's it's a key piece in understanding the uh, the the 
I guess, the Venn diagram that is the Atlanta Falcons and how that actually works. So you have an ownership group that was uh, more or less after the Mike Smith years trying to find stability and try to find nuance. And then you have a new head coach in Dan Quinn who was trying to prove that it wasn't just Pete Carroll that made this defense what it was. It was the leadership that Dan Quinn brought to the group and that he could harness that talent that you had in the Legion of Boom from so many years ago uh, because it can't, I can't believe it, but it's 2020 now and uh, the Legion of Boom has been a, a dead thing for quite some time. Um, <laughs> and I know Praise there's me. a certain 2012 game that we all want to forget. Nope, 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 nope. nope, nope. Um, but that being said, you see how Dan Quinn worked in Seattle and then he comes to Atlanta and you see the 2015 year, the 2016 year leading into 28 to three and the loss in the Super Bowl and then, then the recoup after that in 2017. And you see that uh, Dan Quinn is a, there's Kool-Aid that you drink. Mm. Okay. And then there's Kool-Aid that you give other people. All right. Mm. And this is the Kool-Aid that, you have given someone else that you start to see that Dan Quinn's deficiencies are uh, uh, that's really sugary substance that gives you nothing at the end. Um, but it's super sweet and beautiful at the beginning that changes are going to come and, and you drink all that Kool-Aid and then you end up having a stomach ache afterwards because uh, you had too much of the grape or too much of the, my favorite is blue raspberry, but that being said, um, yeah, Dan Quinn, you started seeing the deficiencies in 2017 and 2018 because the lead up was that, you know, Kyle Shanahan, there's no tablets that he comes down from Shanahan Mountain that his offense is the most legitimate of all time. But you see that what he does provide and, and with the players that he can obtain, he, his offenses work. And having a, a competent quarterback in Matt Ryan makes it even better. So going into 2017, you were hoping that Shanahan would be retained or be promoted to head coach. And he goes on and does, does his own thing. So Sarkeesian comes in and um, then you start seeing that Dan Quinn's defense isn't what it's advertised to be. Mm-hmm. That Dan Quinn was on a team with a lot of talent in the Legion of Boom, um, had a mastermind of a head coach in Pete Carroll, despite what you think of him, mm-hmm. um, that his defense works, that his system works, and you can't take a cheap knockoff or imitation and create a Legion of Boom too. And then you started seeing that the defense, and this is 2017, 2018, 2019, 2018 being historical year where all of our defense basically just fell off the earth. I mean, you saw Keanu Neal get hurt again. You yeah. saw Ricardo Allen get hurt. The entire team kind of just kind of nosedived. And so for those of you that don't know about the Atlanta Falcons, and that's kind of the lead up to it, it's a, it's a defense that is... Uh, an imitation or a cheap knockoff of what you were doing in Seattle. Um, It has, uh, there's no real thought process to it. It's that my athletes versus your athletes. And then hopefully our our minimal system will make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just throw four or five guys at a quarterback and hope that it gets there. And this now the overarching problem here in 2020 is that this team's coaching staff is built upon uh, throwaways from other units. Uh, Raheem Morris, a throwaway from the Buccaneers, couldn't handle the heat in the kitchen when he became a head coach there. He's here now as our defensive coordinator, and it's not working. Uh, Dan Quinn, not a throwaway, but definitely a cheap imitation of what he was there. Dirk Cutter, a cheap 
imitation offensive coordinator that's been with Atlanta in 2012 um, and is not head coach material and is not a very deep, I would say probably about average offensive coordinator. I'm not going to knock him for his philosophy because he, he does have a decent philosophy. If you have a decent defense, we don't have a decent defense. So he just goes and throws the ball in all three, uh, all three parts of the series. And then we punt. Yeah. Um, so that's basically what you have in Atlanta right now. It's a, how did we get here? We got here through cheap imitation and a, a hope that things would get better and, and do something different. And where we currently are now is probably a uh, deep scrub. You know, you get like, you go to one of those uh, massage places and they're like, would you like the Turkish bath or would you like the, uh, the, the deep back massage or would you like, I will want it all, please. I, yeah. I would like every Full bit package. of it so that my GM is gone. My head coach is gone. My, uh, my entire staff is wiped because honestly, this is a culture problem. This has mm-hmm. nothing to do anymore with uh, statistics or with uh, a system. This has everything to do with the culture is toxic. And a lot of players have bought into that culture because they feel comfortable and they feel safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have a couple of key players. I won't name those guys, but key players that are keeping this team kind of together and going. And um it's not much longer until those key players are too old to throw the ball and or catch the ball. And uh, then you'll have to start all over with the players too. So um, there's a deep fix that needs to happen in Atlanta. There's a lot of pieces that are good, but a deep fix needs to be done. Yeah. I I feel like what you just said, like that little like mini history, the kind of like encompasses everything that you see now. And it's not just of like, Oh, they got off to a bad start kind of thing because the Falcons for me, and obviously this is from like an outsider looking in. Yeah. You know, the Falcons for me are, are one of those teams. I even said it this year, like that they could be like that dark horse team because it seems like they have like the main pieces that they need, especially on the offense, right? Yeah. You have yeah. Matt Ryan as a quarterback who is a good quarterback. He consistently puts up good numbers, right? And you have, you have Julio Jones, who is arguably, I think, the best wide receiver in the league. You know, yeah. you, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is a guy named Nuke, but I'm I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you have weapons, right? And like even yeah. like the bringing in of Todd Gurley. Yes, it's a risky sign because you know if that knee doesn't hold out, then yeah. But if you get prime Todd Gurley, if that's such a thing anymore, maybe it works out a little bit better than it did with Devontae Freeman. Like you yeah, know, true, true. There's a lot of like what ifs and what have you. And mm-hmm. I think you know my follow up question to that: you're talking about like a, a deep cleanse essentially like does is this something that happens like mid-season is this of like okay we're gonna see how this goes because last year i mean you guys struggled and then there's a few games where we're like oh hey like they they showed up right like they showed up and and they won some games and surprisingly won some games like dominantly and i was like oh okay like there you go like maybe things are starting to click and i would imagine that that saved dan quinn's job last year i would imagine to a degree. Yeah, to a degree. Um, so what, <laughs> what you're, what you're asking, um, is it's like half a fan answer and half an actual analytical answer. The, okay. the answer to this is there is no, if I were to give you a team, if I were to give you a team and you were to be running it, you were the owner of it, right? You make all the decisions for the most part. 
sure, because sure. you probably have some guys underneath that are really making the decisions for you. You just backed off and, and kind of making Absolutely. bigger decisions for, for the organization as a whole, you know, monetarily and how you move certain things. There is nobody on this current staff right now that would be the answer for you going forward because of all the reasons that I've said in my mini history rant, which was you have a cast off group of guys that have underperformed at their positions previously. And none of those guys are going to change the different are going to be the difference maker here of change the I identity. You. What you have currently right now in Atlanta is um, fans that want their pound of flesh. They want to see Dan Quinn <laughs> taken out, but all, all that's going to do if you were to take him out mid season, but yeah, it is a linear move. It's not going to make any sense here. Um, and I keep telling fans over and over, you want Dan Quinn gone, so do I. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we have to keep this group together because it's going to be a total cleanse at the end anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about the GM and even uh, uh, Rich McKay, who is the, I think he's like the assistant vice president or something like that. Okay. We're talking about these guys potentially all being wiped completely. So it's fun to fantasize about getting a new coach midseason, but who's taking that job? Yeah, exactly. Like the availability yeah. of like the kind of coach that you would want in that position, right, mm -hmm. is is yeah. not available in the yeah. middle of the season, three games into the season. When you're talking about guys like um, Don Martindale from the uh, Baltimore Ravens potentially being a target for you last year, mm -hmm. he signs with the Ravens to stay on with them to win a Super Bowl. And his defense against the Kansas City Chiefs only a few nights ago, yeah. I mean, ripped to shreds. Um, then you start to see why the Falcons last year didn't move away from Dan Quinn mm -hmm. and gave him another opportunity, even in a seven and nine season. That's a losing record. Sure. You're looking at not a lot of great options for your team on the outside for that year. And now you've got no options on the inside. So you're looking for a candidate that is not within the same realm of conversation that the regular fans or the regular analysts or pundits are talking about. So we're talking about somebody whose name has not come up in the coaching carousel potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at right now in that. I, I got you. And I, yeah. I think I love the comparison that you make talking about like Dan Quinn being like a poor man's like Pete Carroll, because mm. I feel like I gotta be honest. Like I don't really hear those comparisons a whole lot. Cause the, I feel like when you get to the comparisons of like, Oh, you have a successful head coach, there's coaches underneath them and then they try to go other places and they fail. I always think of the Patriots, right? Cause like the bill Belichick, right. how many coaches have you seen go to other places and they don't do well. Right? Play, like, players and coaches, right? Yes. Like they, they'll just get rid of players just in the middle of their prime. And then suddenly they just don't do anything. Just, for any other they, team. They yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. And I think it, it, it speaks to, and I think a couple of weeks I talked ago, I talked about this. It speaks to like the system that's created in new England. It mm. is a very, very well-run machine, right? Culture. In which, yeah. In which you can bring in guys who you know, wouldn't be starters in other places. And they do like finale because they fit within the system. They do that one job. They fit that one role. Beautiful. They're not asked anything more. And, and that's it. And I think, you know, what the Falcons are missing, the more I think about it, because you could even make that argument too for Seattle, right? Seattle, like in Pete Carroll and the system that he's running is really good. Even if that defense isn't obviously the Legion of Boom again, you know, you look at them, they're always competitive. You know, the, Russell Wilson's a big part of that as well, but yeah, you have the Falcons there's that system's just not there. Like it's just, mm -hmm. it, it's non-existent. And I could make the argument that, you know, with green Bay, 
for many years under McCarthy, like that was an Aaron Rodgers run system and said like, Hey, like we're going to be the, re- I'm going to be the reason why we succeed and, and why we don't. I've made the comparison several times to that point about how, if you took Aaron Rodgers out of the equation for the last couple of years, there Aaron Rodgers is the crutch for the team. Yes. And over the last two years, I've seen a defense actually built in green Bay, yes. which um, we'll get on later in, in, in this, uh, in this discussion about Falcons versus Packers and how this is the, this is one of the best defenses they have seen to date up to this point. Um, but I see actual drafting and building through free agency in green Bay. And I see a lot of poor man's decisions in Atlanta um, based on uh, just trying to stay stable, you mm-hmm. know, um, Charles Harris, defensive end, pick him up because you don't know what you have left in Tack McKinley, or, you know, you don't know what you have on the other side with Dante Fowler jr. So mm-hmm. you're just, you're just picking up stuff to try to uh, uh, put blocks in places and fill holes. Like piecemeal. You know? mm-hmm. yeah, you're just like, yeah. here, we just got to put all our Legos. It's together a it's dollar hurt. menu meal. Basically yeah. <laughs> you're going, you're getting, you're getting the dollar fry and the dollar shake and you're getting the dollar uh, uh, two burgers and you're getting the dollar nuggets and you're yeah. You're hoping you're that feel it feels good after you eat it, but like, it's something, it's something yeah, to just exactly. sit there. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just a lot of like food and drink references today. Like we started off with Kool-Aid. I thought that was going to go somewhere else. I thought you're like, the Kool-Aid is poisoned. Like we were going like Jim Jones, <laughs> like you sick I on it. And Dan Quinn's like, okay. who he is? Like I, that's what, that's where I thought that was going. But like, I, I like it. It's just like, it's just pain. It's just sugar water. Yeah. yeah it's all you're getting. <laughs> so like it, what's fascinating to me is a lot of pundits, because that's what they are, like a lot of pundits have, have looked at the past two weeks of the Atlanta Falcons and they have pointed to everything. They pointed to Dan Quinn. They pointed, they even was like a, a gun pointed at Matt Ryan for this, his performance this past Sunday of like- Well, that you know, always happens, Tom. Yeah. Unfortunately, if you were a Falcons fan, you'd understand that Matt Ryan every week, whether it's yeah, an Atlanta fan or somebody else will always point to Matt Ryan and say, you guys need to get younger and you need to get a, get a yeah. running quarterback or the next Pat Mahomes or something. You know? Yeah, sure. Let me just pull that out of my ass. Cause yeah, like, let it, me just it, draft it, that. You're you know. just like, mm, I'll take that one. Yeah, exactly. You know, the only people who could have done that were the bears but <laughs> sorry every day i have to get that one little jab in there so thank you for indulging me there so thank you trubisky <laughs> may he rest in peace Oof. so those these past two weeks what do you we, we talked about like the culmination of like what has led up to the team that you currently have now yeah. specifically yeah. if we're getting down to a micro level of what has happened in these past two weeks of making history the worst kind of history you could possibly make do you point at that? Because I, I was reading that um, like players were saying like, you know, that's not on Dan Quinn. That's on us. It's, it's mental, what have you. How much of that is like lip service to be like, yeah, no, don't fire Dan Quinn. And how much of a you looking at that from a fan and as an analyst and are saying like, no, here's what the actual problem is for these past two games, how we have blown double digit leads in the fourth. Let's uh, just go back to week one and our week one loss. And let's talk about every single entity mm-hmm. all blamed the, uh, themselves, but nobody gave anything to Dan Quinn. The person that was the most silent in the room and the least talk about, talked about was Dan Quinn. Raheem Morris blamed himself. Mm-hmm. The uh, DB coach blamed himself and the players not being on their, on their cue. The players blamed themselves and said that there was miscue in the coverage and miscue at the line and they weren't communicating. 
And while all of these things may be true. Sure. And they could definitely be without question. One, right? Like sure does seem extra convenient. And maybe this is me being a theorist here or or trying to find a conspiracy. (laughs) Um, But Dan Quinn has been the most silent week in and week out. And it hasn't been until this last week that Dan Quinn has actually come out and said, hey, you know, there's these problems and we're upset about it. The same Dan Quinn mantra that comes out every week that's like, we're upset and we're we're so mad and this is not our process and our culture is is not like that. That's not what we breed here. Well, obviously, Dan, to be just that guy, um, you do breed that culture here. You breed that culture here every single day. You promote that culture, and thus the reason why in a seven and nine season in 2019, your players stuck up for you and were basically beating Arthur Blank's door, our owner, to say Dan Quinn needs to stay because you're comfortable. And oh, okay, that's that Kool Aid. You drink it, you become part of it, you you absorb that DNA of that culture, and now there's no way to get rid of it without scrubbing the whole thing clean. But is that like a lack of, and again, obviously in your opinion, like, is that a lack of like accountability? Cause like, I feel like there's no one in that locker room that has to be like happy, right? Like with, with the way that they performed for the past two weeks, you know, going back three weeks, but, or are you saying like, no, like they're at a level of comfort where they're just like, I get a nice paycheck and I get to play football. Like, where are we in like, how could you be comfortable with that? Is it like- Take it to the Dallas game, Tom. If you take it to the Dallas game, you can see that the special teams at the very end of the game blew the game, Mm -hmm. right? They didn't know what an onside kick was and they didn't pick up the onside kick. It's okay, Packers fans. It's okay, Tom. You guys can laugh. It's okay. It's all right. It happens Um, to everybody that's not the Atlanta Falcons. Um. (laughs) The special teams unit had nothing to say. The defense said, we're 1-0 and and left it at that. And that means that there are defenders that most likely, and probably a couple of names, Julio Jones, that maybe are saying some things behind closed doors that are saying, hey, you, got, you guys are the ones that, that messed up here. Sure. And we won that game offensively we took that game defensively we made enough stops to win that game sure. we should be one and oh right now and special teams you didn't take your part you didn't do what you needed to do now defense you let up 40 points so don't start calling other people out for your uh, uh shortcomings um, yeah yes so that's yeah it, it, I get is you. there a way to get accountability in a culture that um basically only blames themselves but blames themselves out of uh, the ability to to save someone else. Sure. That's a bad culture and it's in its own right. Right. Like everybody yeah. in your household can say they didn't, they, that they ate part of the sandwich that mint was for you, Tom. But at the end of the day, like that sandwich was yours. Okay. <laughs> and there is one person to blame whoever started eating that sandwich. Yeah. And there's hell to pay. You're yeah, gonna, exactly. Be, be you know, no sandwich. one wants to take your salami and, pe- and pepperoni and, and on rye and, <laughs> <laughs> Saving it all day. It was a tough day at work, and I just came home to one good thing. Just one good thing. And it's gone. It's gone. What's, what's the problem here? Piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah. Um, I get okay. I get that. That makes a lot because like if you look at it too, like you look at again, outsider, players standing up for Dan Quinn, you're like, wow, they really love their coach. They're really standing up for him. Like, what a great moment. Like Mike McCarthy, they literally fired him after the Cardinals game, and they were like, Bye-bye, Ma- 
bye. Like, bye-bye. like they have a street yep. named after him. And they were just like, okay, bye. Like, get, like, get out now. You, you, you leave. And then they're like, Joe Philbin comes in and they're just like, yeah, we believe in Joe Philbin. And like McCarthy's like still like packing up his desk. And like, they're like, they're literally kicking him down. They've already taken his keys, his security access. Oh, like, man. I feel like with Dan Quinn, uh, yeah, I, maybe it goes to the end of the season in which, because like you said, like if they fire him right now, it's not like anything's going to drastically change, right? It's you, not like your, your emotional status as a fan will change. Yes. For 10 seconds when <laughs> you see Dirk Cutter or Raheem Morris or Jeff Ulbricht take the stand and then get slapped around by Kansas City, the Saints yeah. twice. Um, and historically, we're bad against AFC teams. So San Francisco, uh, or excuse me, San Diego, who's now LA, right? So LA... Yep. Um, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of other ones that are on the schedule with ASC that we're going to, you know, it's going to be an L. <laughs> I get you. You're just like, it's not going to be good. No. Well, no. here's, you know what? I want to put a tiny bit of a positive before we get into more sadness. Oh yes. A tiny bit. Your new stadium. It's like five bucks for a beer. I, I That's went to the stadium the year that it opened. Okay. And uh, got an opportunity to go through that entire stadium. And I will say that it is an experience mm. um, and you have to put it on your bucket list of places to go to see, like, I need to go to Lambo and see Lambo for all its glory and what it is. I, I would love to be able to go to MetLife and just check it out. I mean, it's not a beautiful stadium for anything, but to, to check out different stadiums around uh, sure. Levi stadium would be a fantastic just go to just to check yeah. it out, you know, because um, the atmosphere changes from place to place. Soldier Field would be really unique to take a look at. Um, I have no want to go to the Mercedes Benz Superdome over there in New Orleans. But 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 I've been to Tampa Stadium, which is actually kind of cool uh, when you see the, the cannons go off. I mean, if they, they got, ever they got score. a pirate ship. I mean, like, <laughs> legit, it's, it's like, cool. it even, like literally, as soon as you walk in there, and see a pilot ship. You're like, I'm eight years old again. This. Yes, is fantastic. exactly. It like, is fantastic. But the, but yes, the Mercedes Benz Stadium is um, just an experience and the quality of the stadium. The people that work in there are amazing and yeah it's it's uh three to five dollars for a beer <laughs> so i'll take it so, so you have fans are like everything's broken except that you keep except that, that. That's, that's one that, thing that works and even they mess that up because they don't let chick-fil-a be there they have zaxby's so so close to perfection so close. <laughs> i just realized did you say so so wait i guess i never realized that so you have a mercedes-benz stadium and then yes and there's another mercedes-benz stadium so we have the quote-unquote rights to mercedes-benz um and their new stadium they, they they put their stuff on it now i believe that they're still calling it mercedes-benz in in new orleans that may have changed um huh. for right now i think the naming rights are still the same uh, from what I understand, I feel like that um, just that just adds to the hatred. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yes, very, very much so. Atlanta fans and New Orleans fans are probably the most heated rivalry, and and, and I know Vikings and and Packers is probably incredibly huge in the North. You probably, I don't know, maybe you're bigger with the Bears. <laughs> Not this year. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh man, did I say that? That's so weird how that came out like that. Do, no. do Tom? Do you like that? 
do you like that? Because I don't know if I like that. <laughs> you know, I like that. I, I, I most, I most, <laughs> and there's 84 million reasons for me to like that, plus the extension. So there's just, there's hundreds of millions of reasons why I just, I don't even like it. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. So much. Oh my goodness. I wish he was playing this Monday night. Um, yeah. Okay. So there's that. So if you go into, you go into the spa, you get the, well, you work all the kinks out, right? Yep. Someone just goes to town. Yep. As a fan slash analyst, and as someone who has seen many iterations of the Atlanta Falcons. Many. What would you want to see this new team's identity be? If you that's, had a choice. That's really tough. Um, because the fan base as a whole would like to see it go to more of a spread system, mm. um, more airing the ball out. But I would like to kindly remind all Atlanta fans that you currently do have a spread system in Dirk Cutter because he only throws verticals. So um, there is that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that want to get the uh, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. I mean, who doesn't? Oh, Eric Bieniemy. Bieniemy. Um, yep. They want him to be the next head coach. And I would like to kindly remind Atlanta fans that we have a 34, 35-year-old QB who does not have the no-look passes. <laughs> um, he looks. He definitely looks. He definitely <laughs> looks, but doesn't like just know where a guy is just magically is or is not. Um, there's, there's a lot to desire with a, with a quarterback in Matt Ryan that definitely mm. can make all the throws and um, whose intelligence is, uh, uh, you know, leaps and bounds among most quarterbacks. I mean, um, we can be facetious and say that he is um, top five, uh, but I would say more top 10 than anything. Mm. He's one of the most solid quarterbacks. And if, you know, given a solid defense and um, he doesn't necessarily need weapons, I mean, he's got those. And even when he doesn't have them, I mean, Calvin Ridley's going off for 100, 200 yards a game. So yeah. there's that. Um, what would I like to see this Falcons offense or defense or this team just in general to go to? Um, I want to see something that hasn't been done. And I know that's really tough because pretty much everything's been done in the, in the, in the sure. game of football. There's uh, power running. Uh, we've seen the Dolphins use, uh, uh, what is that, the, the Wildcat wild as their cat. main offense. We've seen uh, just about everything. I mean, uh, a triple option was used once in the, in the NFL. God forget, forbid we have to see that again. Thanks, Ravens. Um, <laughs> what do I want to see? I would love to see a West Coast offense here. I would love mm. to see getting back down to uh, possession football, moving the ball, moving the chains. I'm not looking for the New England Patriots. That's not, sure. that's not what I'm looking for here. I mean, most people will go, Josh McDaniels, uh, West, Coast, West Coast offense. We can, we can play some play action off of that. Matt Ryan does best, and I think most quarterbacks d do really well with this. Play action and heavy running. Mm -hmm. And I think if we get back down to those core values, you're going to have a successful team, even if it's just an average offense. It can be above average with execution. So what I would like to see is a West Coast offense um, uh, predicated off of a lot of play action. My defense, I would like to see it go to a 34 defense and let Grady Jarrett be a defensive end um, because he is more or less your underling uh, uh, underneath an Aaron Donald. I mean, think of the defensive ends in this league and then go look at the numbers and you see uh, there's Aaron Donald up there and there's Grady Jarrett only a few spots right underneath him. So it's to let a disruptor do his thing mm -hmm. and allow him to attack the ball 
would make Grady Jarrett a much, much scarier defensive tackle, putting him in a 34 defense. Mm-hmm. She ran in Clemson um, under Dabo Sweeney, which is Brent Venerables, which is kind of funny that I mentioned those names. Um, that being said, though, a, a 34 defense with a lot of man-to-man um, and, a, and a West Coast offense that predicates off of a play action and, and running the ball uh, could do wonders for this team while Matt Ryan is still here. And then regardless of whether you go into this draft next or the one after that, uh, find your quarterback that can be behind Ryan in a Aaron Rodgers esque role behind a Brett Favre. I know that's very traditionalist of me to say to no, sit behind successful. a quarterback. I, I, that is one of those things I never like why, why did I, we I, get I, away from it? I, I get why, because like, investors you know they need to see like the brand new like draft i don't agree with any of that uh, though yeah. i mean like you look at the people like patrick mahomes right alex smith sits behind aaron Rodgers sits behind like brett Favre. you see that it is a tremendous help and for someone to sit behind a guy like matt ryan yeah like he's gonna learn a ton about the game of football so much of the yeah professionalism that is Matt Ryan. I mean, you've never seen Matt Ryan be in trouble in the news. You've never seen him have a hot take. He's always been very straightforward, uh, straight shooter with whatever he said. I mean, even earlier in his career, when you saw him like, you know, say like, get the heck out Panthers and like that, he still came back with grace and said, you know, it is rivalry. It is, it is the state of the game. And if you don't have some of that, um, like, Philip Rivers with uh, with Denver uh, when he and uh, mm. who was the quarterback that was there, they would go back and forth all the time. Um, you've got to have some of that in your blood or else you can't be quote unquote, Matty ice. or you can't be, you know, sure. ice in your veins kind of guy. So um, that's kind of what I would like to see with the team as a whole kind of go forward, put a guy behind Ryan, let him learn. Uh, we're currently on pace for the number one pick in the NFL draft. We continue to lose. Um, so Packers fans, you can help us out. <laughs> On oh, Monday night, a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, Trevor Lawrence is right there, and you would love to see him in Atlanta. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny because, like, we have gone from like, okay, Jaguars—they're going to be a bad team this year. They might get Trevor Lawrence. We've gone from the Washington Football Team—they might tank and get Trevor Lawrence. And then, like, the other names start coming out of the woodwork. The Vikings have now entered the sweepstakes, right? Like. Even the Lions, like there's talks about that and wanting to move on from Matthew Stafford, especially if they get rid of Matt Patricia. You look at the team like the Falcons. Who knows? The Panthers could do it. Like, you know, if Teddy Bridgewater's not going to... It's so fascinating that, like, we have literally just, like, opened up this sweepstakes. And even Pandora's box. Like, a, a, a QB that still has a few years left in them, right, of, like, good quality football... They're just like, yeah, but if we're in that opportunity, like we might have to, I mean, even the Jets, right? Like, look how bad the Jets are. And I don't think Sam Darnold's the complete problem there, but I would not be surprised if they go and draft him if they're in the first pick. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely agree on that statement because I, I'm a big draft guy and I, and I really like doing a lot of draft talk and, and looking into the depth of drafts and looking at this particular draft, just kind of give you a little small snippet of what this draft might be. Um, you're looking at a strong quarterback draft mm-hmm. with about six to seven guys, all who could be in the first to uh, second round all of them with strong arms, high football IQs. It's just take your pick on whether or not you want them to be a little mobile or if you want them to be more traditional. And um, 
this is this is one of those drafts that's got amazing tight ends, uh, some really solid corners, and then everything else begins to kind of fall off from there. Your defensive ends are top heavy. Your defensive tackles are top heavy. Your running backs are very top heavy. Um, some returners from uh, uh, the 2019 draft that went back to school for 2020, and then COVID happened. So. Yeah. Um, your Travis Etienne's and Najee Harris's and, and Chubba Hubbard's and things of that nature. So um, this draft right now sets you up for if you're a bad team this is and perfect. you need a guy, this is it. This is the draft yeah. to go and do it. And there's a lot of great names in it. Listen, I heard that wide receiver might be okay, but just don't tell the Packers uh, because <laughs> they won't draft one uh, if, if that's but if, you have Lazard, and I don't want to hear any Packers fan scream about how this kid is not just thank you. the next. Thank guy. you. Because coming out of coming out of Iowa State, I was looking at Lazard as one of those guys that you can take this guy, make him a number two on your team, and who turns into a number one. In fact, actually, he reminds me specifically of an older uh, uh, wide receiver from the the Packers. Uh, and and I'll let you guess who that is. You're saying it's Donald Driver. Uh, I'm I'm not saying Donald. Driver, okay, I'm sorry. But I mean, sorry. but I mean, it's very I mean, similar. It's very I mean, similar. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's similar stories. I'm just saying. It's sim- similar outcome. It could be a great outcome there for you guys. No, but seriously. Um, yeah. It, it, Lazard is just the truth. I I, I truly believe that he's going to be the Packers number one by the by the end of the season, going into next season. You're you're going to really? see a a change in his identity. He Ooh. loves the game of football, and he's got a the baddest man on the planet like throwing him the ball. So <laughs> there, there's yeah. that. It's you know it's one of those things that like obviously going into this draft, I I did not think we weren't going to draft any wide receiver. I said yeah. maybe we don't even get one day one. Maybe we potentially don't even get one day two. Maybe. Or like maybe the very end of day two, or maybe like you know, we'll, we'll probably get one in day three. And when we didn't draft any of them, obviously I, I was I was I was a bit surprised. I mean Aaron Rodgers was too. But going into as we got closer to the season, you look at all the weapons that they have that weren't even necessarily wide receivers, right? Aaron Jones has proven mm. to be deadly in the passing game. Jamal Williams, right, right behind that. We don't really know what AJ Dillon has yet in the passing game, but those calves, he can run for days. But you even look at like the Jay Sternbergers or Robert Tanyan, who has been like a guy who's last week kind of like blew up a little bit onto the scene. You have Mercedes Lewis, who had a great touchdown catch. Like you have these, these, all these threats and these weapons. And every single time I talk about it, I'm like, there's so many options to give the ball out to. And that's if nobody else steps up besides Devontae Adams. You have MVS having a good first two games. You have Alan Lazard killing it in this last game. And I think like that's kind of what the Packers identity has kind of gone around of just like we can give the ball to so many different people. Try and scheme for that. Yeah, I I truly believe that. Um, the deadliest weapons are the ones that you keep in your pocket until you want to utilize. Yeah. And the, the list that you just provided is a great example of the Packers with a lot of people, fans in general, who don't know their names yeah. um, and are going to know their names by the end of a game when they have to face the Packers because they're going to go, that guy Mm-hmm. roasted us who is he and then they're typing on their computers and yep. they're, they're trying to figure out do i get this guy in fantasy and, yep. and what's going to happen here and that's incredible it's incredible to have a deep pool of uh, receiving weapons um i wouldn't count aj Dillon into that factor because i would say that he's just your power back but um as an acc guy myself yeah. uh yes i think that the packers are set up for 
incredible success uh, going for the uh, the one little tiny thing is that I know who Matt Lafleur is, and I'm not you do. stupid. Um, let's be careful about Matt Lafleur. Just just as a, as a precursor, as a Falcons fan looking out for another team whose whose fan base has been somewhat friendly. This is the guy who copied everything from Shanahan. Be very, very careful mm. about turning on him going forward if Aaron Rodgers isn't the one that's running the show. All right? Just 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 giving that out. Just giving that out. Okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say something. Matt LeFleur, to your point, and by to your point, I mean it has nothing to do with your point, is the sexiest head coach in the NFL. I just <laughs> out there that has nothing to do with what you said but if you're gonna tell me that he's gonna stab me in the back at least i'm going to be able to be like hey guy over there stabbed me like we're good so like i'm i'm saying right now i mean i am thrilled with the job that lafleur has done yeah I, i truly am and for him to come into a an organization you know they they had two years where they weren't doing great you know they they missed the playoffs and then all of the crap that we had to endure during the off season of all oh, the floor is really young. Rogers is not going to respect him. He's going to run all over him. And you know, people aren't going to buy into this and blah, 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 blah. Like all of that stuff happened. And the thing is too, like, I don't think Matt LaFleur is done. You know, you were talking yeah. about, you know, any weaknesses on the Packers, like it's on the defensive side of the ball, even though they, they did improve. Right. Yeah. You know, you look at like the run defense was still not great last year, especially in the NFC championship game. Like it wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, you know, at linebacker, Christian Kirksey is now down. So you rely on a guy like Ty Summers, who's a very late draft pick and is very, very unproven. Mm. Um, and then, you know, come on, Martin's hurt too, but you have to work on like Oren Burks, who has been so hit or miss. I think, you know, putting that all together, like I wouldn't be surprised if like, if the Packers don't win a Super Bowl this year, I wouldn't be surprised if they fire Mike Pettin, like if the defense doesn't get like much, much better. So the floor can bring his own guy in and be like, this is who I want to install as a defensive coordinator here to just continue building the team and like his image and what they want to be. But I mean, the, just the fact of like the, the locker room shift that happened under McCarthy. And I think McCarthy's a good coach. I think it's just, it it got, it was too stale. He he overstayed his welcome. And That was whatever. But the shift from one year to the next of just how the locker room was like coming together, they bought into the system hard. Like yeah. I'm I'm very happy with what LaFleur has done thus far. He he has copied some of Shanahan's playbook that he learned in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and he has copied Mike McCarthy's playbook and sprinkled and sewed these two things together. And for the most part, it's worked. So yeah. and Aaron Rodgers is comfortable with it, which leads to points which leads to great plays which leads to consistency and and especially since they bought into it that's the that's the big thing from an outsider looking in if you bought into that system and it's and it is working because you only you would only buy into it if it was working unless you're in atlanta and you buy i was just about to say i was like wait a minute didn't we just (laughs) (laughs) but you, you only buy into it if it's actually working yeah um so i'm 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 happy for y'all being able to have a coach that brought a system in, even if it's a little bit of a Frankenstein, and called it his own, made it and morphed it into something that Aaron Rodgers and company are good at, and then basically just said to the defense, get good or else. Yeah, Get good or else. That's just yeah. it. And the defense has what? Gotten good. Like, yeah. I mean, 
better. Yeah. yeah bet, better. Better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, we're, we're not, we're not comparing much, but yeah, no, it definitely has improved. And, and again, you know, I think it's also important to keep perspective too, right? Like we're got for both of our teams, to be honest, right? Like yeah. it's, it's, it's week four, like it, it is week four. Now, I don't know how optimistic you are of just like, we can turn this ship around, but at the same time, like what te- what the teams that we see right now, I imagine are going to be very different come December for better or Without for question. worse. Yeah. You know, they're, they're definitely going to be different. So heading into to Monday's game, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I'm relatively nervous about this game. And, and you might think that's like ridiculous. You might, but personally, you know, a lot of times like, oh, Packers have number one offense right now. The Falcons are ranking 32nd in a whole bunch of categories or near the very bottom. I'm not looking, I'm looking at it as of like the Falcons have good pieces and they can score points. They obviously can score points. You're looking at it as a trap game. And and that's it's it's a good terminology to use for a game that an offense that's not not clicking. It, 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 there, there are pieces currently right now with Atlanta that it is working. If they mm-hmm. continue to get some of those, see as gloom and doom as I have been about Atlanta in this podcast, and please don't get me wrong, guys. I, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed and a lot sure. of things that need to be turned and changed. Um, but the things that you can ha- hang your head, uh, hang your hat on, excuse me. Um, Matt Ryan's still fantastic. His offensive line is not terrible. Uh, they have weapons. Uh, regardless of Julio Jones is playing or not, they can still put up 20 something points. So that's still enough for you to be able to stay in a game or even win a game. Mm-hmm. Um, it all comes down to whether or not you can continue to steamroll like that. If you have to outgun the Packers. Mm-hmm. And so talking about some positives here, can they beat the Packers in a game where the Packers might be a little overconfident? They can, it, it can happen any given Sunday. Right. Sure. Um, I'm not going to be completely pessimistic about the Falcons chances against green Bay. I think this defense is going to give uh, the Falcons fits early on. If they control the clock, then there's a potential that uh, green Bay doesn't get the ball when they need to have it. Um, although, I mean, all they would have to do is win an onside kick and the Falcons are, uh, oh, and one on that route. So yeah, that's supposed to be you guys too. You're supposed to be the one that recovers all the onside kicks. I thought we established this. Thank you. Coo. Thank you. Coo. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, I, the, the positives here are that this offense is still one of the better ones in the league. It can still score points. And this, this defense as beat up and as banged up and as, as, absolutely atrocious as it can be mm-hmm. it causes fumbles it causes interceptions it makes plays it just has to execute in the times that it needs to to, to sure. be there and i mean yes all game you need to be there but you need to be able to close out three of the quarters and i would say closing out second third and fourth quarter is is in, uh, <laughs> imperative in, yeah. in this in this in this league because you see them play really well in the first quarter you see them really play well in the second quarter leading yeah. into halftime you see the falcons defense that you're like hey they might win this game. They, yeah. they, they have all the opportunity and they just fall short because of coaching, um, uh, safe coaching changes in the middle of games and um, trying to do too much and overthinking. And so that's why this staff currently is, you know, on the hot seat because sure. games like this one that we're going to see on Monday night, the Packers could blow the Falcons out 43 nothing, or we could have a 28 to 30 shootout mm-hmm. where, the Falcons win on a field goal. 
we can that that can happen sure any of those anywhere in between can happen there so i'm excited about the game coming up and uh where there's only positives for atlanta we beat the packers yeah we we could go eight and eight this year (laughs) we lose to the packers Hey man, y'all helped us get one step closer to Trevor Lawrence, and I, I you I'm know so what? That's happy great. To help you. I'm so happy to help you on your journey. <laughs> like, like I'm like the shaman. Like, if you're tripping on mushrooms, I'm the guy who's guiding you, and just be like, it's going to be okay. Perfect. Now. We're gonna Perfect we're gonna make analogy. sure you you have a good time <laughs> as you just like settle into bliss. Yeah, you know, it, it's that's one of those things that you know for me. So like a couple years back. And, and this was a, a problem. So when we drafted Rashawn Gary with the 12th overall pick in last year's draft, the only reason that we got the number 12th pick was because we wound up beating the Jets, a game I was at in overtime. And you and, guys were going to be like middle of the pack in the, in the, in the first 10 picks or something like that. Yeah, something. Like we, yeah I think we were going to be like number eight or something. Like, like yeah. we were going to have like what the Lions had or, or what have you. And I remember fans were so angry Cause they're like, we could have gotten Ed Oliver. Like we could have gotten this, like Jet- we could have gotten TJ Hawkinson if we wanted to, like we could have gotten oh, yeah, these. That was that I would, have, I, would have, I wanted TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, I was, I, I was sold on TJ Hawkinson really hard, but all that being said, I mean, from your perspective and like kind of how you're reviewing this season as well. Like if you, if you lose the next few games, is there kind of like auto drive, like let's go get the better draft pick? Because I asked this, I've asked this to a lot of guests, or is it like it's my team? I'm still rooting for them on Sunday because I, I, I'm not going to hate on either side. Me personally, I'm going to root for my team all the time because then it gets like boring. I like yeah. don't want to watch the game if I'm not hoping they win. Yeah, I think where if you're just asking me personally, you. where yeah, I'm going to stand um, as a content creator and as somebody that um, really loves the draft. I have already been looking at the 2021 draft since June. Okay. So I'm more excited about rushing to that point and seeing where the, all of that happens because that's like Christmas day for me. I, I mean, you. the night before the draft is Christmas Eve. I celebrate, I pop bottles and I'm, I'm all the hard work that I have done up to that point. Yeah. Uh, looking at the finer things of these players and getting to talk to them and having interviews and uh, all the lead up, all of that finally feels like an accomplishment to me when I get to that point as a fan. i love like and i I love how you didn't say but too like it was just like i'm gonna go out there long dramatic pause now (laughs) now as a fan i'll i will continue to root for this team and i'll continue to support them all the way down to the bottom i mean um if you just want just a second of knowing who the hell i am i i'm an orlando city fan in mls i'm a braves fan uh in baseball I'm a I'm a Orlando Magic fan in basketball and I'm a Falcons fan in football. I root for nothing but projects and and people that need work. <laughs> um but honestly, I will I will most likely look at the future of the team because for the first time in I think about 10 years, um I'm getting another opportunity at a new head coach where I'm excited. Um it wasn't that I wasn't excited for Dan Quinn. Sure. Um, but I knew that that was already over back in 20, 2012, Ooh, 2012. Right. I knew Mike Smith was out. Um, there was no two ways about it. And then by the time 2014 came and he was actually out outed, I was like, but we've known. Yeah. 
that's not a that's not a thing. This has actually come to a sh- as a shock to me, and has been a lead up that has finally been like, um, you know the you know the uh, in some of the movies where they take uh, they take one of the uh, the the offerings to the gods and they throw him into the volcano and be like, all right, make things better. Yeah. And sometimes there's a tiki god that comes out and is like, thank you for the offering. I yeah. made everything better. And sometimes just the volcano erupts and they all die. Um, yeah, that's I think as a fan where I'm currently at. <laughs> throwing this staff into the volcano and hoping that the tiki god comes out and is like i got you buddy no problem i'm gonna make it better um instead of the whole thing just bubbling over and seeing uh the worst which could be matt ryan wasting away never getting a super bowl julio jones leaving and us having to really restart from the very 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 bottom so yeah uh, but it's exciting it's exciting i will still root for this team all the way and that's what i'm saying too like that also has to be like a little bit of excitement considering how much you put into the draft right if you're yeah. looking at it of like new head coach right in which you're doing this deep cleanse you're getting rid of some people too like that has to be oh, just like okay cool like we essentially get to see a new iteration of a team yeah like, that, that's gotta be exciting yeah it's it's incredibly exciting because um there's more than just uh, a player acquisition and scheme change there's philosophy change yeah a philosophy change in how you draft and how you acquire players and what kind of players you're acquiring uh, for your defense I mean if we uh, even change the defense slightly uh, you might see completely different corners completely different defensive linemen completely sure. different size and shape and you have to get used to those tendencies and understand them and then go into the draft scene and go what comparable players or what players that potentially have that same uh, look and stride of what yeah. this new coaching staff wants who are those and can we find them and that's a mystery and, and, and fun for me I think for a lot of other fans they're just like Tell me the pick and show me the highlights. And yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that, th- yeah, are they that good or fun. not? That looks good. Okay, cool. Great. <laughs> Thanks so much. That was great. Yep. Pretty yeah, much. No, I think, yeah, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to Monday. It, it could be one of those games where like the Packers are just like, let's keep on trucking. Right. Or it could be like a team like we're, cause we've had some good matchups of the year. You know, hopefully it's not like the NFC championship game from a few years ago, because uh, I will say, here's what I will say. When the Packers lose in the NFC Championship game, you know, for the past like decade or so, let's not talk about the Giants, for the past decade or so, you know, the team that then goes to Super Bowl suffers some heartbreaking defeat. The Seahawks mm-hmm. did it, one yard line. You did it, 28 to three. So what I'm saying to you is don't beat us in the NFC Championship game. That goes out to all teams. Just let us get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> like just, just because you don't want to lose it. You don't want to get that far. You know, you don't want to take get on the plane and it's just it's dragged out. You want to go play in the Pro Bowl. You know, like just 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 enjoy it. Just let the yeah. You, you want to come down here to Orlando and you want to you know just enjoy the beautiful weather while everybody's freezing. You know, that's that's what you want to do. You yeah, exactly. Exactly. So oh all, that's all I'm saying. That I think that the league could do us that. It's nice courtesy. That would just be, that would be definitely. But Dan, it has been great having you on. I, I appreciate you, you coming in, giving the insight, and explaining that not all Falcons fans are just like, hey you know, we're ready to, to jump off the bridge right now yeah. because you're like, Hey, there's some good water down there at the bottom. So yeah, can- there really is honestly, but, um, yes, it was, it was ex- exciting to come onto the show. I thank you very much for inviting me. Um, I, uh, wish you only more success, uh, going forward. Uh, hopefully, uh, it all continues to just grow and build for you. Um, and again, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Dan, tell the people where they can find you. Where can they P 
pick your mind, of course, the YouTube channels where they can they seek you out. Yep. You can find me on uh, on YouTube at Unintentional Grounding. Uh, I do a lot of film breakdown there with all 22 film as well as coaches views from front and back and side to side. Um, I do uh, a lot of Falcons talk, but I do a lot of draft talk. Well, it's, it's one mm. of my passions. So no matter whether you are a Packers fan or a Falcons fan or a uh, Saints fan or a Vikings fan, you can come on down and you can see kind of where uh, I'm trending and what players are, 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 are trending up, what players are trending down and get an unbiased sense of it all. Mm. Uh, you can find me UNGR underscore show on Twitter and on Instagram. If you want to see a kind of a peek inside of uh, Lieutenant Dan's life and what he does on a regular basis as well as just come and talk to me on twitter um and then i also have a twitch if you guys want to come see me play some video games and still talk about uh film breakdowns and uh and draft stuff on there we do some private stuff for you guys to be able to show off some uh, uh interesting players or some leaders in the clubhouse so that's where you can find me there unintentional grounding as well on on twitch so awesome thanks make sure you check that out all the links will be down in the description below Dan, this has been a pleasure, and uh, thanks so much, man. Yes, sir.